Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is a wonderful privilege to have it here and that you have taken such care of it. You have guarded it from destruction for the last 2,000 years and that it is in a language that is easy for us to understand. It is in our own tongue. Lord, please help us to understand it. Even though it is in our language, we need your Holy Spirit's help. May it impact our lives today and be an encouragement to us as we seek to serve you as faithfully as possible. May we receive your word as your word, the words of the living God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think we all recognise that reliable information is very valuable, particularly when we're reading something where it's stating facts and we are actually resting on those facts. Jill and I went to Melbourne, as you know, last week, and rather than buy lots of different street directories, we took our new, newly purchased GPS. And so it was able to direct us the entire way and then direct us around uh, Melbourne, and it was helpful for the most part. On the way back, we stopped at this little town that advertised it had a Macca's, and so we were stopping there to feed uh, Joshua and I was getting some coffee. And then we got back in the car and and took a different way out of town because the GPS said you could just keep going out of town and end up back on the freeway. And it took us down this street and I said, the sign was saying a different direction, Jill, but we'll follow the GPS. The GPS knows best. It took us to the highway, but an overpass over the highway and said, use the on-ramp. And there was no on-ramp there. We travelled right over the highway and had to do a U-turn and come back. Uh, it, uh, there was, and it looked like there'd never been an on-ramp there in, in this town at all. And the information, therefore, was unreliable. And we read things all the time and want them to be reliable because they're frustrating, particularly if they lead us in the wrong direction. And with the GPS, we were able to return to the town, follow the street signs and get back out, and it was all okay. But sometimes when we're given the wrong information, it's not as easy to do an about turn and go back to where we were. Sometimes we've gone too far down a track and we can't back out. And it's the same with the Bible. It's a written document and it's not just a work of fiction. It claims to state facts. It claims to state facts that we're supposed to hang our very souls upon we're supposed to depend upon with our very lives. And if it is wrong and we die and we should have been a Muslim to get into heaven, then there's no turning back. We want to know that the Bible states things that are reliable and true. We want to know that. And we particularly want to know it because it states things that are quite extraordinary things that aren't easily believed. One of those things for many people is that God actually exists. Many people don't believe that God exists, but the Bible states that is true and asks us to believe it as a fact. It states that there is a heaven. It states that there is a hell, even though we can't see them. It also states that God came into the world as Jesus Christ, as the man Jesus Christ. And that fact is an extraordinary fact. And that he didn't just come into the world and die, but he came into the world, died and then came back to life. An extraordinary fact that we want to know, is it reliable? 
And one of the other facts that are extraordinary in the Bible is the way that Jesus came into the world and that's through what we know as the virgin birth which is an extraordinary claim that someone could come into the world through a virgin. Now the virgin birth is something that has come under attack for the last century or so but even today many Christians do not actually believe in the virgin birth because it is such an extraordinary claim. The Sydney Morning Herald uh, conducted a a poll uh, and they reported the news uh, results of that yesterday and they conducted it about what are the religious beliefs of people in Australia. And it said that 50% of the population classified as Christian, as people who actually are Christian and go to church at some point, they were also asked about their specific beliefs in Jesus. 94% believed he was a real person who lived 2,000 years ago and although 91% believed he was the Son of God, only 72% think the mother of Jesus Christ was a virgin. So 94% uh, believed he was a real person. I really wonder about that 6%. Uh, The 91% believed he was the Son of God but only 72% of these people who claim to be Christian and go to church believe that he was born of a virgin. That means 28% don't believe he was born of a virgin. Is the virgin birth something that Christianity has made up or is it a doctrine that is true, that is stated in the Bible? Is it clearly there? And is it important to believe it? Or can we discard it and think that it's not necessary to believe in the virgin birth? Well, that's what we're going to look at this morning and I've got three main points. My first main point is looking at the biblical evidence for the virgin birth. What is the biblical evidence for the virgin birth? And Matthew's Gospel, the passage that we just read, gives us quite a bit of the evidence that the Bible claims that Jesus was born of a virgin. The first one is that it says that that Mary had a child, was concerned, had a child before she came together with her fiancé. And we see this in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Before they came together means, obviously, that they, before they had sex, she was found to be with child. And was that child... Uh, through normal, through someone else, through not Joseph. No, it was through the Holy Spirit. So it's before they had sex and it was through the Holy Spirit. It wasn't through some other man. And then an angel tells us that it's through the Holy Spirit as well. Not just Matthew. Matthew tells us it's through the Holy Spirit in verse 18. Matthew, the man who wrote this gospel. But the angel also says this in verse 20. Joseph is considering considering divorcing his wife Uh, well, his fiancée, verse 20, but after he, Joseph, had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It's not from another man, as you are suspecting. It's through the Holy Spirit. And then we also see in this passage another clue that that the birth here is a virgin birth in the prophecy from Isaiah. 
Verse 22 reads, All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah also confirms that Jesus was born of a virgin. And then finally, Matthew also includes the information that we might think that, ah yes, uh, she claimed to be pregnant, then they had sex, Joseph and her, and so it really was conceived later. She just thought she was pregnant. But Matthew discards that idea as well. What does it say in verse 24? When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. There is no way Joseph was the father of Jesus Christ. Matthew is wanting to make it explicitly plain to you that this birth is of a virgin. And then we also not just have Matthew's record, the other gospel that reports Jesus' birth is Luke and it also speaks that this birth was of a virgin. Luke chapter 1, a couple of pages over in the Black Church Pew Bibles, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, page 1012, if you've got a Black Church Bible. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, tells us quite plainly that Jesus was born of a virgin. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Twice there we've got the word virgin. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary asked the question. Verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? John said, oh right, so that's when I get married. I'll then get pregnant. No, she says she understands that this is happening now. And then verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. The Bible is very clear that Jesus was born of a virgin. He wasn't born in a normal way. His conception was not normal. Is the virgin birth therefore an easy thing to accept? Is it something that's easy to accept? The The Bible says... Yes, it's true. Is it something that's easy to accept? Well, that's my second main point. A virgin birth is a difficult thing to accept. A virgin birth is difficult to accept. It's not easy. If an unmarried girl claims to be pregnant in this day and age, if someone that you know gets pregnant and she's unmarried, 
You don't say, first of all, oh, it must be by the Holy Spirit. No, you say, oh, who's the father? I know you're not married, but you know, there's got to be a father somewhere. And if you're the father of that daughter, you really want to know who's the father of that child. You assume that there is a father somewhere. It's not something, a virgin birth is not something you easily accept. And this isn't just us. Joseph finds it very difficult to accept as well. And we see that in the reading that we have from Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. We see Joseph also finds it difficult to accept. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Verse 19 then, Joseph immediately accepts that it's a virgin conception. No, verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He did not easily think that this is a virgin conception. He thought... No, there is another man and I need to divorce this woman because that is the right thing to do. Now, in your head you may be thinking, why is he seeking to divorce her? He's only engaged to her. He's just betrothed. She's just betrothed to him. And so, how do we understand this? Why is he wanting to divorce her? Well, in Jesus' day, an engagement was a lot more meaningful than in our day. It was basically like you were married. It was the first step of being married. And so usually you got betrothed to someone and then there was a year where the girl still lived with her parents but you were considered married. And the only way that engagement could end is by death or divorce. And so we see in Deuteronomy this guideline put forward by Moses that if a a woman is pledged to be married and commits adultery, she is to be put to death or divorced. It is quite acceptable what uh, Joseph is doing to this girl. But he's actually kind of compassionate as well, we see, that he doesn't want to expose her to public disgrace. And so he has in mind to divorce her quietly. But in any case, we recognise that he did not initially think virgin birth and accept it easily. No, it's only when an angel comes to him and speaks to him about what has happened that he then accepts that this is a virgin birth. And we see that in verse, uh, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It's only with the appearance of an angel that Joseph is ready to accept the virgin conception. It is not an easy thing to accept and the Bible understands that by presenting Joseph's reaction to the virgin conception, to this news that Mary is pregnant. So how are we expected to believe the virgin conception, the virgin birth? if it's such a difficult thing to understand and Joseph only believed when an angel came and appeared to him and God isn't sending any angels to us to appear in a dream to tell us that the virgin birth is true. Surely 
we shouldn't be able to believe it as easily as Joseph and he didn't believe it that easily at all. Why is it important for us to believe that the virgin birth is true? If we were writing the Bible, would we have included it? Even if it did take place, surely this undermines the reliability of the Bible. Just like my GPS is unreliable in some areas, is the Bible unreliable in some areas? When it comes to the virgin birth, is this an unreliable statement that's kind of included, but it would have been better to leave it out? Well, that brings me to my third main point. The betrothed virgin birth shows the Bible is actually reliable. It doesn't damage the Bible's reliability. It actually affirms it in a number of ways. The more I study the Bible, the more I come to believe, and it's confirmed more and more in my heart, that this is the word of God. As you explore it and study it and read it again and again, you start to see how it, it links together. Everything that is there actually feeds into one big mesh that if this was written by a human, they couldn't have done it. No human mind could have conceived this book that we have before us. Even many human minds couldn't conceive of it because it all interlocks together in a way that has divine, godly fingerprints all over it. And the virgin birth is just one more little nail that supports that this is God's reliable book. Now how is this? Surely it makes it unreliable to claim that a a woman can get pregnant without a man. Surely that makes it unreliable and makes us suspicious of it. 28% of Christians in Australia think that the virgin birth can be done away with. How does the virgin birth show that this book is reliable? Well, it clicks into place with a number of key doctrines and the first is the deity of Christ. The virgin birth actually supports that Jesus is God. Now think about it. Jesus claims to be God. Wouldn't it make sense that he came into the world miraculously if he really is God. Now, I'm not saying that God couldn't have given Jesus a human father and a human mother and still being God, but it makes sense that he would come into the world in some miraculous way, either appearing from the clouds or maybe through a virgin birth, something that has never happened before And we've got no reports of ever happening since, but happened once. A a miracle, a true miracle, something that's only occurred once, something supernatural. It makes sense that if Jesus is God, that he came into this world in a miraculous way. And so the virgin birth interlocks with that doctrine and just confirms it a little bit more, just like the whole Bible feeding into itself shows that this is a miraculous book. It is God's book. The other doctrine that it confirms is the humanity of Christ, that Jesus is truly human. But didn't I just say it confirms the deity of Christ, that it confirms that Jesus is God? How does it confirm that Jesus is human? Well, wouldn't you expect, if Jesus came along and claimed to be human, that he came into the world then in the normal way? that everybody else comes into the world through a birth. 
And so it makes sense that he came into the world through a human birth. If he appeared out of the clouds and said, I am God and, and you say, oh yes, that's coming out of the clouds, that's pretty impressive, yes, I believe you're God. But then when he said, I'm also human, 100% human, you'd say, ah, but you just came out of the clouds. How do I know you're not some sort of angel, um, part, part angel, part God? How do I know you're 100% human? It makes sense that he would be born in the normal way. We're told that Jesus is 100% human. He has experienced what humans experience and that includes a human birth. And so the virgin birth actually unites both of those things together, his deity and his humanity. It supports both those doctrines. Now I'm not saying that Jesus couldn't have come any other way. God can do it the way he likes. But what I'm saying is that the way he did it shows a divine mind. It shows a linking in and supporting every doctrine by everything that Jesus did and the way that God works with Jesus. It confirms those two things in a way that I don't think a human could have conceived of. Could a human have conceived of this? If they invented that Jesus would be God and man, would they have thought of, oh, what we'll do? We'll do a virgin birth. So there's something of divinity there and there's something of humanity. Do you think they would have thought of that? I don't think so. I think the virgin birth shows that the Bible is very reliable as God's word. What what also leads into this? The virgin birth confirms Jesus' sinlessness. Jesus claims to be without sin. And I think the virgin birth supports that. It interlocks with that doctrine and confirms it. How? Well, humans are said to inherit legal guilt for sin from their father, Adam. It's passed down generation to generation. We all come from Adam, except for Jesus. He doesn't have a direct male line of descent back to Adam. Now, some theologians believe that the guilt of sin is the original sin really does come through the Father and there is some evidence for that, support of that in the Bible. But you've got to remember that Mary is descended from Adam as well and so it's not that clear cut. But there is a sense where Jesus is very different from all other humans and he does not descend directly from Adam. There is that link of sin partially broken as he only comes from Mary. Now God had to stop legal guilt of sin being passed from Mary to Jesus Christ. So there is some blocking there. So Jesus, so God could have blocked that passing of guilt if Jesus had Joseph and Mary as his parents. There's nothing to say that God could not do that. But it makes sense that there's a link partially broken and that Jesus is a new Adam, a new creation coming directly from God. And so it, the virgin birth interlocks with that doctrine of Jesus' sinlessness and supports it as well in a way that I don't think a human mind could have conceived of. And fourthly, we see that the Bible is reliable because it confirms with the virgin birth the love of God for his son. The Bible repeatedly tells us that God the Father loves his son dearly. Now, how does the virgin birth show that? 
Well, it's not just any virgin birth, it's a betrothed virgin birth. It's to a girl who has actually betrothed. If she hadn't been betrothed, if she hadn't been engaged, then she would have had public disgrace upon her straight away. And Jesus would have grown up as an illegitimate child, complete and utterly, and had that disgrace upon him as well. But God made sure that it was a betrothed girl and so that Joseph was there to legally adopt Jesus into his household. That's what he does when later on he gives the name Jesus in verse 25 to Jesus. He's legally adopting Jesus into his house. He's got the naming right over this child. And so Jesus, instead of growing up in public shame and disgrace, he grows up in a loving household with two parents who love him dearly and a father, a righteous father, not just any man, not a wicked man, but a righteous man who is compassionate towards his fiancée by not wanting to expose her to public disgrace. Jesus is provided with a loving father there in that household and so we see the love of God the Father in heaven for his son through this betrothed virgin birth. See how it's all clicking into place? Virgin birth clicks in with the humanity and the deity of Christ and the sinlessness of Christ and then it's not just a virgin birth, it's a betrothed virgin birth which clicks in with the love of God the Father for his son. It's all clicking into place and showing that the Bible is so reliable. It has God's fingerprints all over it. And then the big gun comes out. Another reason? It confirms a prophecy 700 years earlier in the same book. Verse 22. This is the reason given in the text for the virgin birth. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. Isaiah Isaiah's not there in the text, but that's where the quote's from. Verse 23, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 700 years earlier, this book recorded that a virgin would be with child and it's then fulfilled. There are many prophecies in this book that are then fulfilled which show that this is the mind of God being revealed here and this is another nail that you can hang your soul upon, that this book is truly reliable and is not something to be ashamed of. And then finally, it makes sense that this book is reliable by including the virgin birth because it shows that it's a desire to be historically reliable at whatever cost. If I was to write this book as a piece of propaganda to convince people, I'd leave the virgin birth out. It's something that I wouldn't think as being necessary to the plot and it's not something that people will easily accept. So I'd leave it out. But instead we see that this Bible wants to be historically accurate even if it damages its reputation. It tries to be historically reliable and does this in many ways, not just with the virgin birth, by women finding the tomb of Jesus Christ empty as being the first people there if you were to write this, you would make men find the tomb because women were unreliable witnesses in that day. But the Bible wants to be historically accurate even if it is damaging to it. It wants to be a historically reliable book. 
So the virgin birth actually, rather than doing damage, shows that the Bible is a reliable book. It is truly the word of God. No man could have conceived of it. The question is then, will you accept it? Will you accept the virgin birth? It's difficult to accept. The Bible even says that. It shows Joseph finding it very difficult to accept. Will you accept the virgin birth? 28% of Christians polled by the Sydney Morning Herald won't. You as a Christian this morning may be saying, no, I don't want to accept it. It's intellectually embarrassing to my non-Christian friends that I would believe that someone could be born of a virgin and so I don't want to admit it. Well, let me tell you, do not be ashamed of God's word which is more reliable than any of those non-Christian, unbelieving people who make fun of you for believing it are. This book is so much more reliable than them. They will always fail on the things that they say and promises that they make. This book never does. Do not be ashamed of God's word. Those who also um, who deny the virgin birth as Christians, let me remind you if that's you here this morning, let me remind you what you are doing. You are putting yourself as the authority over the word of God. You're saying... This bit I can accept, this bit I will not. This bit I will accept, this bit I will not. This bit I like, this bit I dislike. This bit I'm not ashamed of, this bit I am ashamed of. I am the authority as to what is true, is what you're saying when you say the virgin birth did not take place. As Christians we have to recognise that this is our supreme authority and nothing else. And if it says the virgin birth is true, who are you to deny it? You are an unreliable, fallible person who makes mistakes all the time. If you are not, come to me and tell me afterwards and then I'll assign someone, if you've got a spouse, that'd be good, to then keep an eye on your life and see whether you make any mistakes in the near future. You make mistakes all the time. This book does not. Do not be ashamed of it. Do not be ashamed of the virgin birth. It actually proves that the Bible is the word of God. You might be a non-Christian here this morning and you say, yeah, I can see that it's there in the Bible. I can see that the Bible is actually a reliable book but I still don't want to believe the virgin birth. Why not? Well, if I believe that, then I have to believe what the Bible says about other things that it says that there's a heaven, that there's a hell, that I'm a sinner, that I'm going to hell and will experience the full wrath of God. And I don't like that. I don't like that idea that I'm going to hell. I'm happy to think that the virgin birth might have taken place but the whole idea about me going to hell and that there being a resurrection, I don't like that. Well, Christianity isn't about likes and dislikes. It's about truth. The virgin birth is true. God is true. He exists. He has shown us in his word. There is a heaven. There is a hell. And you are a sinner. Accept it as true. Stop thinking with your heart and with your likes and dislikes and start thinking with your head. The Bible is logical and true. And when it says that the virgin birth happened, it really did take place. 
And when it says that Jesus rose from the dead, it really did take place. And when it says you will rise one day to either be sent to hell or heaven, it really will take place. question is, are you going to put your trust in Jesus? Are you going to admit you're a sinner? Start believing the word of God and trust in Jesus today for your sins. If that is you, you're not a Christian, you've never repented of your sins, you've never said sorry to God, you've never put your trust in Jesus, let me encourage you to do that today. Believe not just the virgin birth, believe in Jesus Christ and start reading his word which is reliable and true. There is nothing to be ashamed of in it, including the virgin birth. Let us speak with our God now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. All that it contains, we thank you for. Even those bits that are hard for us to understand, hard for us to believe. Lord, help us to use our heads, to use our minds and to examine it, to study it over and as we do so, help us to become more and more convinced that it is the word of God. Lord, The virgin birth is a miraculous thing and it interlocks with so many of your key doctrines. It supports your word rather than takes away from it. It supports that Jesus is truly God. It supports that Jesus is truly man. It even supports that he was the sinless one who died for us. Lord, help us to trust in Jesus Christ for all our sins. And help us to read your book as a reliable and accurate account of what took place and has the good news of salvation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.